1: We're going to be doing something a little bit different for the next few episodes. I'm going to be sharing with you the audio of my presentation delivered to over 160 strata owners a few weeks ago now on the new New South Wales strata law due to commence on the 30th of November. Now, I'm sharing this because I was asked by a number of listeners who couldn't make it to the event on the night. Amanda, can you please make sure you record this and please share it on the podcast? So here it is, part one of that presentation. I'm including a story about how I got my own start in the Stratus sector, a little bit about me and how I came to be where I am today. And then I get stuck into those parts of this new legislation that I think are important to Strata owners, particularly the many committee members who were in the room that night and who I know listen to this podcast and are members of our YSP online membership community. I'm talking about changes to the law when it comes to renovation works within lots, what you need to know about bylaws generally, what's new about meeting procedure, with a whole lot more to follow next week in part two. Now, during the presentation, I do refer to a paper that is available for download. That's available to you too. And as I say in the presentation, it is at yourstrataproperty.com.au slash new law. Head over there to grab your copy. You'll also get a copy of the slides from the night if you head over there and request that paper. And if you've got the slides, then you're going to be in on a few of the jokes that you're going to hear in the presentation as well. So here it is, part one, my take on the new New South Wales Strata law. Enjoy. Hello and welcome. Thank you very much for that kind introduction, Karen. And thank you to OCN for having me here tonight to present to you all about the new Strata law. Now, as Karen said, the uh, the OCN and I share a passion for education, and I have to commend Karen and Alicia and the team at OCN for being able to gather so many of you here this evening. This is amazing. I think I heard there are about 160 registrations, and it's looking like most of you have turned up. And I think I've heard around the traps that this is the biggest turnout for any of the workshops that are going on around town at the moment. So that really says a lot for the work that OCN does and its ability to be able to gather you all together. And thank you. Thank you for taking the time out on a Monday night to come out and learn, learn about this new law. I really believe that educating yourselves as strata owners Is an investment not only in your home but in your community as well. I believe that it's by learning about this stuff that you make your communities better places to live. So good on you for coming out tonight, taking the time out to learn. Now with that, I want to know a little bit more about you. How many resident owners do we have in the room tonight? So how many of you are living in Strata? You own your property as well? Wow. Okay. What is? Is that like 80%? Maybe 85% of you? How many investor owners? You might live in Strata, but you also have an investment property that's a Strata unit. Yeah, okay, maybe 10, 15%. Okay. How many committee members? Yes, they're the engaged ones. You are, you're in the right place. We've got mostly committee members here, about 85, 90%. We've got any tenants in the room? Tenants, you might own in Strata, but you also rent. Where well, you're living now, you're renting. No? Okay, maybe not such an engaged bunch, the tenants. Haven't got anyone putting their hand up here. Any strata managers? Strata managers, fantastic. Lovely to see you. Thank you. Anyone I haven't covered? Supplies to the sector. Any insurance brokers we might have seen? No, not yeah, I knew you were here. There you are, the insurance brokers. Three up the back there. Any lawyers? There, lawyer, yeah, more. Okay. Always some to sneak in. All right. This is this is my show tonight, guys. Okay. So I'm going to try, I do want to walk, but I'm just going to try not to get my head in the shot here. That's you. Here's a little bit about me and how I've come to be standing on the stage to you tonight, professing myself to be a Strata expert. I am not your usual Gen Yer. I say that because I've only had two employers in my life, not including myself. When I was 16, I did my year 10 work experience with Robert Van Oust, lawyer. Turned up for my week, said to Robert, my name's Amanda, I want to be a lawyer. He said, that's nice. I wanted to be a fireman. Good luck with that. (laughs) All of 16, she knows what she wants to do. Spent a week with Robert and developed my passion for the law. A few years later, I'm at university. I ring Robert. Hey, remember me? I need a job. Can I have one? Robert says, haven't got anything for you right now, but my wife, Rena Van Oust, is a Strata manager, and she's looking for an assistant. At that time, Rena was working with Harvey Strata, John Little at Harvey Strata, still going strong. And I was Rena's assistant for a year. That was my very first job and my very first exposure to Strata. Now, I'm sure there are some of you in this room who have the privilege of living in buildings that have been or are managed by Rena. And I think you would agree with me when I say that Rena is one of the best Strata managers in this state. And I was absolutely privileged to have Rena train me and introduce me to Strata. So, as well as having a passion for law, I suddenly developed a passion for Strata. And it came time for me to move on to become a paralegal with Robert. John Little tried to convince me to become a strata manager and stay. Looking back now, I think maybe that might have been the more lucrative option. But I decided, no, I was going to be a lawyer and went off and worked for Robert. Ten years went by, and I took over Robert's practice. That was three years ago. We rebranded as Lawyers' Chambers, and we decided to become a specialist strata law practice. And we've achieved that over the last three years. I'm very proud to say that's where my passion is. I love what I do every day. And as I've said, I also have a passion for education, and I think strata and learning just go hand in hand. And this year saw the launch of my podcast, which is where a lot of that learning happens. I think there are a few podcast listeners in the room here tonight. It's lovely to see you and have you see me for a change, and I'd love to meet you. And the evolution of that podcast is happening now. I have a new online community, which I call the YSP membership community, and there's a little bit of information about that being handed out on your chairs tonight. This is a place where you have access to me and other Strata experts. It's a bit different to OCN's membership, and I do think that they go hand in hand. We too have a forum. It's a Q&A forum. You're the Q, I'm the A. You can jump in there and pick my brain about all things Strata. So it's something brand new that we're launching, and I'm so proud to introduce it to you all here tonight, and I'd love for you to head over to the website and check that out. That's yourstrataproperty.com.au. All right, so that's a bit about me and how I have come to be standing on this stage this evening, talking about the new Strata law due to commence on the 30th of November this year. I think that's just under six weeks away. Who's excited about the new law? Oh, that's disappointing. I thought I'd see more hands than that. Maybe I can help to change your minds. Lawyers are a cynical bunch, if you haven't noticed already. And if you have been reading about this new law, educating yourselves, getting out and going to seminars, you probably heard a lot of bad stuff. We're all a bit worried about what's coming. I don't want to talk about that tonight. I want to talk about the good stuff. I think there's a lot of good stuff in this new law, particularly for you as strata owners. And that's why I want to focus on and teach you about so you can take it back to your communities and get the most out of this new law. I can't cover everything tonight. Not only would it be physically impossible, it would bore you to tears. So what I have done is pulled out what I think are the most important things for you as owners to be learning about. We are very lucky, after my next 50 minutes or so, to have a Q&A session where you will be joined by, where I will be joined by Natalie Fitzgerald, Strata Manager from StrataSense, another fabulous Strata Manager that we have the privilege of serving us. Uh, And I believe that we might even have Rena Van Oust in the room who will make a cameo appearance and join us up on the stage would be fantastic. Okay, so you have copies of the slides there, the slides I'm going to go through. Please feel free to take notes on those tonight. But don't worry about capturing everything because I do have a paper which pretty much covers everything I'm about to say and a bit more, I think, and you can download a copy of that paper from the URL that you can see on the slides now. That is yourstrataproperty.com.au slash new law. And you just pop your email address in there and you will have a copy of my paper. I think it's about 10 pages long. Sorry to scare you, but there's a lot of good stuff in there. Copy the paper as well as a copy of the slides just in case some of them haven't made it around to you this evening. All right, let's get stuck into the nitty gritty. The history of strata law in New South Wales. Now, I'm going to give you a history lesson. What I want to do is show to you that we have been here before. We have had uh, many iterations of strata legislation here in New South Wales, and this is just another one of them. We're all still standing. We're all still okay. The vast majority of our communities are still functioning very nicely. Thank you very much. The last six pieces of legislation here, numbered four to nine, are actually all in place. We have six pieces of legislation governing the management of our strata communities. What's happening with the new law? Well, we're replacing those six with four having the Strata Schemes Management Act of 2015, the Strata Schemes Management Regulation of 2016, the Strata Schemes Development Act of 2015, and the Strata Schemes Development Regulation of 2016, I hope. I say I hope because I believe at the time of me standing up here that regulation is still in draft. We're told by Fair Trading that it should commence on the 30th of November with everything else, but we still have our fingers crossed, I think. It is out with the old and in with the new. These pieces of legislation are repealing and replacing what we have now. We're not amending, tinkering around the edges with bits and pieces. We have entirely new legislation. What I'm going to talk about tonight mainly falls under the Management Act and the Management Regulation. We're not getting too much into the Development Act or Development Regulation. That's mainly relevant to, you can guess it, developers. There's a little bit in there about the collective sale and renewal process, But basically, tonight, we are focusing on what's in the Management Act and the management regulation for you as owners. All right. So what are some of the new things in this legislation that are going to impact you? Well, there are terminology changes. Our executive committee is now going to be called our Strata Committee. Why are we doing that? Well, I think we're uh, bringing some of you committee members down a peg here. The policymakers want to make clear that we don't have hierarchies in our strata schemes. Uh, We're all here as a community here to help each other, and there's nobody executive about our committee members and office holders. Fair enough. I'm just calling them committees. I suggest you do the same. I've got a little story on this. I did have somebody email me recently looking for some legal advice, and the email commenced like this. I am the reigning chairperson of my strata scheme. This image came to mind. (laughs) you know this person? Uh, The second line of the email said, and I'm having problems with my strata manager, and I thought, I bet you are. So I think perhaps maybe uh, these were the kinds of committee members that the legislation might have had in mind when it decided, we're not going to call you executive committees, we're just going to call you committees. Fair enough. What else are we changing about our terminology? Our sinking funds are becoming capital works funds. Okay, so I think that's probably a good idea, uh, more of a... uh, Uh, appropriate description of what these funds do. They're for our capital works. Why don't we call them that? Good change. What else are we doing? What we currently call exclusive use or special privilege bylaws, we're now calling common property rights bylaws. I particularly want to highlight this one because I think a lot of the committee members in the room have dealt with these, are dealing with these. We call them exclusive use bylaws currently. They're now going to be common property rights bylaws. Same reasoning, I think, behind that name change. Nothing, we don't want to make too clear that we're giving particular lot owners any exclusivity, uh, even though that's exactly what we're doing. But we're going to call them common property rights bylaws. Okay, let's move on to meetings. What is changing about our meetings? Well basically, we are bringing our meetings up into the modern era. We are now allowed to have meetings electronically by video conferencing, teleconferencing, and we can vote electronically. How do we do that? Well, there are a lot of software providers out there doing the rounds with your Strata managers and showing them the kinds of software that they need to implement to make electronic voting work. I had Dee Pennell from StrataVote on my podcast, episode 28, if you want to check it out, and she talks a little bit about how StrataVote works. Queensland has been doing this for quite some time, and New New South Wales is now stepping into that regime. I'm telling owners that if you are managed by a Strata manager, it's really going to depend on whether your manager is up for this kind of software. It's something that the manager is going to have to be on board with, and if you're thinking about wanting to implement electronic voting, then that person is the right person to talk to. What else is happening with meetings? Well, the timing of our AGM is changing. What do I mean when I say that? Well, currently, you're required to hold your AGMs somewhere between 11 and 13 months after the last one. Okay, one month either side of the anniversary, I think, is the window. That can get a little bit onerous for not only you as committees but for your strata manager. I know some strata managers who happen to have all of their meetings fall in November and it just becomes impossible to attend. So part of making our schemes more modern and more flexible is that we're changing that rule and the rule is now that you must simply have an AGM once in each financial year. When I say financial year, uh, I'm not necessarily meaning 1st of July to 30 June. It's the financial year for your building and your building is going to have a different financial year depending on when the strata plan was registered. So if you're not sure when your financial year is and you're interested, your strata manager is the person to talk to, but as long as you hold one AGM in each financial year, you will be complying with the new legislation. All right, what else are we doing about our meetings? Well, we're changing the quorum rule. The current rule is if within the first half hour of a meeting commencing, you don't have a quorum, the meeting must be adjourned. It must be adjourned for at least seven days and we all come back to have another meeting. What's changing? Well, it's now up to the chairperson whether or not that meeting is adjourned. The chairperson can say, well, we haven't got a quorum, but I'm here, so I'm happy to proceed and proceed with the meeting. Or the chairperson can say, well, we haven't got a quorum, so I'm going to decide to adjourn this meeting. All right, entirely up to the chairperson. Raises some interesting questions about how the chairperson makes that decision. Okay, what else is happening with our meetings? Well I raised this point about email notices. The new law is specifying that when a lot owner provides an address for service of notices they can only provide an electronic address. They don't have to provide a mailing address. So it is possible that your strata manager for new owners, the only contact details they'll have for them is a name and an email address. So what that means is that we can now serve all notices electronically, levy notices, agendas, notices of meetings. At the moment, there's this weird requirement in the current legislation that if you want to send notices by email, you have to have a bylaw. So all schemes have run out and got bylaws to send notices. I think there is a piece of legislation in New South Wales, Electronic Service of Documents Act or something like that, um, that allows you to serve documents electronically anyway, So, I think what this new law is doing is just making clear that it is possible for an owner only to have an email address and therefore all notices can legally be sent by email. All right, and the last point that I want to talk to there is the limit on proxies. So, probably heard a bit about this in the media dirty, dirty proxy harvesting going on in some buildings. What is the legislation doing to deal with that? Well, it's putting a limit on how many proxies one person can hold. If you have a scheme with 20 lots or less, one person can hold a maximum of one proxy. If you have a scheme with more than 20 lots, one person can hold 5% of the number of lots in the building. That's the maximum number of proxies. So 100 lot building, five proxies is the maximum that one person can hold. Okay, again, Some interesting questions raised there about what happens when your strata manager, your secretary, your chairperson receives a large bunch of proxies half an hour before the meeting, or in the case of a large strata scheme, 24 hours before the meeting, and they say, oops, I'm over the limit. What do they do about that? So I know some strata managers are implementing procedures now that deal with that, and they're deciding what they're going to do. And I think this is one of those culture shifts. It's something that there's a bit of panic about, how do we deal with it, but I think it's a cultural shift. Once people learn about this requirement, are aware of it, then I suspect they're going to be ringing their strata manager, ringing their chairperson, ringing their secretary to say, hey, are you holding any proxies? How many have you got? Will you take mine? And we'll all sort of fall into a comfortable routine about that. All right, let's talk about renovation works. Something that a lot of you as committee members are dealing with regularly, What's happening when it comes to renovation works? A few big changes in this area. Well, we are now having a three-tiered system for the approval of renovation works by lot owners. The bottom of that tier, we have cosmetic works. What are cosmetic works? Hanging stuff up, driving nails and screws into the walls, replacing carpet, lifting carpet, replacing it with new carpet, Installing built-in wardrobes, replacing built-in wardrobes. This is cosmetic work. Cosmetic work does not need any approval. Owners can simply go ahead and do it. And you can have a bylaw that specifies certain things as cosmetic work. That list that I just gave you, that's in the legislation. I'm not just pulling that out of the air, this sounds like cosmetic work. That's in the legislation. These are the types of things that are cosmetic work. If you want to add to that list, then you pass a bylaw adding to that list. What is in the second tier of the hierarchy? Well, it's called minor works, minor renovation works. Such things as floorboards. Floorboards are minor renovation works. You can tell by the blood that's on the floor. Air conditioning installations, kitchen renovations, rainwater tanks. These are all things that are listed in the legislation. Minor works. Minor works require an ordinary resolution in a general meeting, okay? Majority vote. Now, this is a bit controversial because these are the kinds of things that currently you probably have bylaws for. Bylaws have special resolutions, so a higher threshold of approval. So this is a big change, and there's some knees knocking about this one. You can, like cosmetic works, have a bylaw that specifies what kinds of things are considered minor works, and you can add to that list. You can also delegate to your strata committee the job of approving Minor works, so it doesn't have to go to a general meeting. And the owners' corporation in general meeting delegates that authority to the strata committee. That's one of the questions that has come through when I requested a few questions for this evening, so I hope that answers that one. All right, and what's left? What's at our top tier here? Changing the external appearance of the building. Structural work. Work that's affecting waterproofing. What are we doing about that? Well, we're approving it by special resolution at a general meeting. So anything that has a bathroom renovation, I think, uh, if you're stripping out tiles from the bathroom, at least in my experience, you are or you should be getting the bathroom re-waterproofed. So that's waterproofing, so that's going to need a special resolution in a general meeting. Changing the external appearance and doing structural work, all requiring a special resolution in a general meeting. All right, let's talk a little bit more about bylaws. What are some other things that are happening when we're uh, dealing with bylaws in the new law? Where there's a new requirement that bylaws must not be harsh, unconscionable, or oppressive. This is new, believe it or not. Currently in New South Wales, we have an incredibly broad bylaw-making power. You can pretty much make bylaws about anything as long as it has to do with lots and common property under our legislation. Kathy Sherry from the University of New South Wales, she's got a book about to come out on this. And she has a quip, it goes like this. In New South Wales, you can have a bylaw that says you can't eat meat in your lot. That's legal. I think she's right. As far as I'm aware, nobody's tried that one. But I think under the new law, that would be harsh, unconscionable or oppressive. The other interesting thing about this requirement is, as far as I read the legislation, it's retrospective. So it is going to apply to the bylaws you currently have in place. Okay, so that's why we have this second point on the slide here, that you're required under the new law, to review your bylaws by the 30th of November 2017. And I suggest when you're reviewing them, you're going through to see if any of your bylaws might be considered harsh, unconscionable, or oppressive. Perhaps a bylaw that says children who are under the age of 16 cannot play on common property unless they are supervised by an adult at least 21 who is also a member of the family. (laughs) That bylaw exists, I've seen it. That might be a little harsh (laughs) or oppressive. At least I would argue that if I was arguing for the lot owner who wanted to get rid of it. So remember that you're required to review your bylaws within 12 months of the legislation coming into effect. What does that mean? Sit down, have a look at them as a committee, decide whether you want to send it out to a lawyer. I'm doing a lot of these at the moment. What kind of things do you want to include? What do you want to change? Do you want to adopt any of the model bylaws that are coming in with the new law? There's a few good ones coming in. No, they do not automatically apply to you. This question was raised in the YSP membership forum recently by a member, and there's a bit of discussion going on there about it. Do the new bylaws automatically apply to my building? No, they don't. All of your bylaws that you have now today, you will still have on the 30th of November. Having said that, if you want to adopt any of the new model bylaws, and I'll talk about those, a couple of those good ones in a minute then you can, of course, by special resolution, change your bylaws, register with the LPI. On the topic of registration, when your new bylaw is resolved or your amendment to your bylaws is resolved in a general meeting, under the new law, you have six months to register that change with the LPI. That's important because that's a big change. At the moment, it's two years, huge change, something strata managers are going to have to be on top of, lawyers and other agents who are doing these registrations. If your change of bylaws is not registered within six months, the bylaw will lapse and you have to go back to a general meeting to approve that one again. And the other requirement for bylaws, the secretary must keep a consolidated and up-to-date copy of the bylaws. Some strata managers, and if you have a manager, your secretary duties will be delegated to them. Some managers are already doing this and doing it well, keeping a nice, up-to-date copy of the bylaws with an index. Everything that is currently in force is there all of the bylaws the scheme was registered with, whatever amendments over time, and the new bylaws. That is something that is now going to be mandatory under the legislation. So I know certainly not everybody does that. I do have to wade my way through histories of bylaws from time to time. Now gonna be a legislative requirement, so something to be aware of. All right, let's talk about parking. One of um, Jimmy Thompson's three Ps, I think. Pets, parties, and parking. The three P's of strata. So that was part one of my presentation delivered to over 160 New South Wales strata owners on the new New South Wales strata law commencing very soon. Remember to grab a copy of the detailed paper that I've prepared. It includes everything I'm talking about and more at yourstrataproperty.com.au slash new law. Stay tuned for part two when I'm talking about parking, pets, overcrowding, new rules about strata managers and strata management contracts, all really important stuff for New South Wales owners to be on top of as we enter this new regime. So part two coming up very soon.
0: Thank you and catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property.